as we rapidly approach the fifth anniversary of this podcast, it's amazing to us how quickly time has flown by. And when I spoke to my friend Veza last week, I discovered it had been almost four years since he first came on this show to discuss art on the blockchain. So we thought it was a great time to invite him back to see what's changed and what stayed the same. We get into some deep stuff about the nature of art and how NFTs are changing the game. One pill makes you larger and one pill makes you small. Take them both and you end up just where you started. There, I've created derivative art with my words. And now we're going to create more art words with our friend Veza on this Artsy Fartsy episode number 588 of the Bad Crypto Podcast. Five, four, three, two, one, zero, ignition. Who's bad? Welcome to the show, gang. This is the Bad Crypto Podcast. Joel Tom and Travis Wright here for all of your... Oh, I just farted out some art. <laughs> well, you know, some of the stuff out there, I think Beza would agree that it looks like somebody just farted out art. A lot of it's not even art at all. I mean, we were talking about this before the show. Like, there's so many uh, NFT rug pull fake projects now that it's hard to find, in some cases, to find the ones that are the most legit. Mm-hmm. Be careful out there, folks. There are a lot of people scamming to take your hard-earned money and uh, make sure you do your research on these NFT projects because uh, a lot sharks of them patrol are... these waters. I mm-hmm. matey, there be sharks out there, you landlubbers. Yeah, you know what? My new Jeep is a uh, shark gray. Ooh, it looks uh, like it looks like shark skin. It's okay. I've seen it. It's badass. It is pretty badass. It Thank is. you, sir. What do you think of my, uh, what did you call this, a comedy club background? Yeah, you're at Plucky's Comedy Club, it looks like. <laughs> hey, hey, everybody, welcome to Plucky's. Don't forget to tip your waiters and waitresses. Hey, you I over there in the corner. Comedy. I have jokes. <laughs> so, uh, you know what's not a joke? Tis the season, gang. Tax season is upon us once more, and April 15th is quickly approaching, and you want to get your crypto tax house in order, we'll be welcoming Clinton Donnelly, who uh, actually does our taxes. He knows crypto taxes, and he also has a service called the Crypto Tax Audit. We're members, CryptoTaxAudit.com. It's a monthly membership service. And I'll tell you what, it will alert you up to six months in advance if the IRS has flagged you for an audit. It's amazing stuff. Go to the website, check it out, CryptoTaxAudit.com. If you're investing in crypto of any kind, then you want to have audit protection. Uh, Check out DonnellyTaxLaw.com for a personal consultation. And again, Clinton Donnelly will be a guest on the show in the near future to talk about all of the late breaking news in the the regulations for giving the government your hard-earned money soon. Yeah, but don't go to Crypto uh, Taxonomy. Or taxidermy, crypto taxidermy, because that's where you can get like an owl or like, you know, a deer. Um, You might get stuffed. You get stuffed. I don't even know if that's a real thing, but it should be. Get stuffed, mate. Get your deer stuffed. Get a deer head on your wall, deer. Get stuffed, mate. 
Uh, so we've got a great interview and then an announcement to make about a new podcast that you need to know about. Had a great time with Veza and uh, you can see for yourself how great a time was. By the way, if you want to see it and you're listening to this podcast in your ears, the video version is up on YouTube and Odyssey TV for you to do the visual version, which for this episode in particular, there's lots of visuals because Veza's got things to show. So let's go ahead and get to that interview right here now. If you set the Wayback Machine on the Mad Crypto Podcast all the way back to episode number 139, broadcast May 23rd, 2018, this is the first time we invited an artist, an artiste, if you will, a lover and purveyor of art to the show to talk about the future of art and the blockchain. His name is Veza, and he is an accomplished multimedia, mixed multimedia artist. I don't know. I don't even know how he describes himself anymore. The dude paints, does video, uh, includes music, and he's an amazing individual. And I, as I was talking to Veza, who's become a good friend the other day, I thought, you know, you're really overdue to come back because it's been almost four years since your appearance and so much has developed in the blockchain space so dude welcome back to the show thank you so much joel good to see you travis as well feels good to be among friends again how do you describe yourself now because it used to be a mixed media artist now are you calling digital artist what's what's the label digital artist nft artist uh, in terms of substance, probably integral artist, as in like many philosophies as one, as one that kind of works together. Um, but basically trying to cut through all the garbage to go to the essence of it, of why we make art to begin with. Um, so it doesn't feel like it's this sort of drinking wine with a, you know, kind of pinky up type thing, that it would actually feel like something, that it's a part of society, it contributes to... Uh, to the conversation in a way that it would uh, be useful rather than how we perceive it, which is often a banana on the wall uh, strapped there with duct tape and kind of uh, this, <laughs> this kind we're, of We're going to talk about that, but two questions. One, do people really drink wine with their pinky up? And two... I, I do. It, it's like, but you, you have to. It's part of the rule. Uh, is that how you do it? Is, is the scarf, you always wear the scarf. Is it attached to your neck? Like, is it sewn to your neck? Is your neck cold? Is it just... Uh, like this is a mark of Veza, the scarf. Yeah, is like how thing. bad does that scarf smell? I I do wash it. I do wash okay, it occasionally, okay. but sometimes <laughs> I sleep in it, the, with it. So <laughs> I, I think you have to have some of the shenanigans, but really where it comes from is that I come from a cold country. I mean, there's probably minus five degrees Celsius there and so much snow that Helsinki doesn't know what to do with it currently. Uh, so I'm kind of used to the cold. I'm I'm just coming out of my... Uh, shell here in Dubai uh, and and starting to change the television fire set uh, fireplace into now like calming water and this kind of thing because it's finally like the body is starting to come out of icebox mode. Well, congratulations! You're recently married, and uh, thank you. Very very happy for you. He's got a whole lot of love. Yeah, he does a whole lot of love. I see what you did there. That's nice. Yeah. Um, why did you leave Finland for Dubai? Because uh, this is quickly becoming the, the crypto hub of potentially the world. I mean, the only other city that I could think of is probably Miami, but Miami is in the US. And in terms of like 
no matter what you think of the sort of idea of United Nations, um, it's, it's quite far away in a certain kind of uh, feel. And Miami is Miami. It has a certain kind of vibe. And I think um, Dubai for this business and relaxed and they're really like pushing the legislation and they move fast with this kind of, kind of stuff. Because essentially <clears throat> what I learned from a couple of conversations here, because I've been coming here now for a little over a year and I spent maybe three months altogether here last year. And what people told me is that uh, Dubai doesn't really have money. It, it's more like it relies on innovation and speed and ideas and execution, whereas it's Oman and Abu Dhabi and those those sort of surrounding areas that have all the oil money uh, and the Saudi guys and, and, and this kind of thing. So this is why they always are super keen on doing innovation. They're, they're super fast to react to things. And it really shows here. I mean, the, the warmth, of course, helps, but people are really warm uh, and they're dynamic. And, uh, you know, some of the general perceptions, I suppose, with Dubai as well is that, you know, it's full of, full of these Botox lips uh, type of blondes and, and this kind of thing. And it, it, I, it, I barely see it at all. Uh, it, it is here, but because I suppose I'm in the crypto bubble as well, I just come across really genuine, cool individuals. I come across people with inspired conversations. Just um, Bitcoin lips. That's all you're seeing. Yeah, and I'm here with Christos, my my DJ musician friend here. We're just composing a soundtrack to a to an NFT thing that we're doing together. So we just met like a week ago or something and hit it off uh, brilliantly. So we've been working the whole day doing a lot, lot of uh, cool tunes to make some new NFTs. That's badass. I was actually in Dubai in December. I don't know if you were in Dubai in December, but if, if we didn't connect and you were there, then I, I failed miserably. Um but uh, I was there for like, uh, I don't know, seven to 10 days. Amazing, amazing country, amazing city. It's just, it's, it's like, it's like the next level. It's like a, a, the, the city of the future. It's like they're building, they're building land like that palms that five palms area out there, those islands of the palms. And they're building the, the islands of the world. I got in a, we got in a helicopter. We flew all around and checked it out. It was just unbelievable. I was blown away by Dubai. I think it's by far the coolest city in the world that I've been to. I've been to Singapore. I've been to Hong Kong. I've been to Sydney. I've been to all the San Francisco, New York, all those. Dubai is just fucking unbelievable. And actually, it was so cool. There was a uh, one of the um, the drivers that we got um, was listening to some unbelievable music. He was listening to some rare, like, dr dre remix thing and i was like dude that's awesome like what is what are you listening to what is this playlist he's like oh man i'll i'll get you these man i'll 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 bring you over to your hotel i'll bring you he brought me this usb of like three thousand of the top dubai dj mix tracks and stuff dude like music from all over the world some of the some of the cool stuff so i would have to say dude all the places that i've been i think dubai is really special and there's some really stuff some really important stuff brewing there in dubai and i think you picked a great place to go my man no and, the, and there's a lot of support as well i mean this uh, we can go into that later but i'm doing this project with this guy called dr marwan who's the ceo of the dubai blockchain center and uh, we're, we're making these nft cars which is which is a superb thing that's sort of the main drive of what got me here as well as the weather uh, but um, like, how did uh, what, how did you find the people here, Travis? Oh man, everyone seemed really nice. 
And it's, I think it's part of the deal is, is like, there's very little crime there. Everyone that I talked to was super friendly. Um, you know, I think, you know, some of the, some of the mask stuff seems to be going away there. They're not, they're not as stringent on that. What I hated about it. The thing I hated the most was when you get, when you got to the airport, they immediately stick the fucking shit up your nose to, you know, to test you for COVID. Like literally you get off the plane and you got to walk in this area and do that. That sucked. The people were really nice. I think that it's just, it's a very expensive city. You got to be crypto level six, I think, to live in Dubai. Well, you can go a little bit off the grid. I mean, we, we got our first Airbnb here right at the marina. Uh, it's a really nice place, but it does sting a bit. Uh, and especially now during Expo, because, you know, everyone's here. So the hotels are crazy prices and, uh, right. and all kinds of things. But at the same time, you know, for me, if I'm in Finland, uh, it, it's there's many things that I love about my country, but it's really all about the middle. So they kind of elevate the bottom, but they kind of have a tendency of pulling the top down as well, uh, which is what I loved about America and our collaborations and the world cryptocons and uh, all this kind of thing is that still within the sort of uh, DNA of American uh, sort of essence is that whole thing of celebrating uh, greatness, celebrating like uh, high achievement and this kind of thing and entrepreneurship. And I kind of really fit into that bracket much more than I fit into that in my in my home country. But I also find it that it's here. It's in a, in a similar way. This this is a similar kind of thing, but it's even more, I would say, gentle. And maybe the gentleness is that if you do stray off the road, they, the penalties here are something that you don't want to deal with. Oh, no, uh, they'll so kick you out of the country. It's like the penalties are you screw up they're kicking you out of the country and you can never come back. Imagine so if we had like that here. Totally just stops crime for the most part. Yeah, we like, just, I we have just to welcome the criminals in here. We're just like in the U.S. Hey, come on across the borders illegally and have a crack pipe. And uh, you know, yeah, <laughs> Biden build back better crack pipes, man. I can't. It's a great campaign strategy. It's amazing. So, uh, dude, behind you, you've got two works of art. And by the way, those of you listening, this is also a video version of this because we're going to be showing off some of Vez's art and some of the projects he's working on now. So you can go to our YouTube or Odyssey channels to see that for this episode. You've got it looks like behind you, you've got a, a piece that is uh, Dubai in as well as the blood on the podcast floor. But what, what's this piece uh, over your right shoulder? Oh, this one is called Refresh. This was my first impression of after coming here for the first time, kind of figuring out what this what this place was all about. So it's got the um, sort of Mars behind it because they've got a legit Emirati space program. They're going to the moon and Mars. Uh, there's all the blockchain innovation. So the, it's actually the first um, sort of code of the first block of Bitcoin is inside of the faces. And the lady in her face has the Emirati Space Program logo. Uh, they're crazy about their horses here. So the, the idea is that uh, if it's possible a little later through Dr. Marwan, we might discuss maybe getting to tokenize the royal horses. Uh, it's sort of very liquid and warm. It's the Dubai sort of uh, skyline here. And the only thing that goes higher than the Burj Khalifa is the, uh, is the rocket going to Mars. Yeah, but, but, That's awesome, but, my man. I love that. But most importantly, it works in AR as well. And maybe we can drop this off and uh, uh, drop it onto the image if some people want to see is that if you scan it with your Artivive uh, app on your phone, then it becomes a one minute loop and an animation and a soundtrack, uh, th this great soundtrack by UC. This mm. finished how's, that, how's that spelled? Artivive? Artivive, A-R-T-I-V-I-V-E. Mm. Yeah, that's Artivive. Cool. 
It sounds, yeah. you know, I think I downloaded that before and I wasn't sure what it was that I had. Yep. I'm going to grab it again and maybe you can drop us a link to the image so that we can uh, put that on the website so people can check that out. And then over your left shoulder is this is the piece that was inspired from episode number 130. Um, for those who don't know, Veza painted this blood on the podcast floor and he's had it signed now by how many people in the crypto world? About 70 people. And last time we were on stage together, you asked me not to mouth off all the names. So I definitely won't do that now. It was just so many. <laughs> but I can tell, you know, some of the some of the people here is like uh, Vitalik Buterin is one of the big ones. For me, most importantly, it was Andreas Antonopoulos when he signed it, because it's because of him that I really kind of started understanding Bitcoin and you guys. I started listening to the Bad Crypto podcast and Andres Antonopoulos. You're my first education into crypto, really. I was going to say, uh, I thought you were going to say ours were the most important autographs on there, but that's okay. I'm uh, My heart's not hurt too much. Good. We got the yeah. great spots on there. We were like some of the first two to sign it. So we got great spots on there. We, we, we barely qualify to be on there compared to the actual developers, you know, in the blockchain right. world that are on Well, there, not really because so. it says bad on there. And so without this podcast, there would be none. That art would not have been ever created. So we belong. So I, I, I thought it sufficed as a... We belong... I thought it's nice as a com uh, as a compliment that you guys really helped me half of my education of blockchain. But you know, I'm not going to pander to you more if that's what you're asking. No, no, well, uh, please, please pander. We we love the pandering. Um, so, it, it, and this has a purpose, right? This is not just a piece of art with signatures. You have a goal in mind for this. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, that was the idea. Is that when we uh, you guys kindly asked me to come on stage at the end of World CryptoCon, uh, there was. Uh, Maxine Ryan, uh, there was uh, Ronnie Moas, there was Charlie Lee, and uh, Vinnie Lingham were on stage. And then we didn't even know to whom we were going to contribute that artwork then because we kind of changed from a different charity to another. And then Blake Rizzo, the, the great, awesome dude, lawyer from Litecoin Foundation, he, he said that um, there's this um, a charity in Texas um, that is a women's shelter um, that, that's been running for like 30, 40 years or something, and they chose to start accepting crypto that this might be the eventually the location and he'd open them crypto wallets and everything so that the way that because uh, we're still aiming to make this that this is probably the longest running artwork crypto art artwork and nft that in in the history of this whole space i mean you tell me another artwork that has been kind of yeah. ongoing for three and a half years and it's still yeah. not finished is that uh, an nft also it, it's originally a digital file and and that it was compiled um, so the process really is that i paint i photograph i sometimes body paint people and photograph the 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 process and and then i put it together with photoshop so the original file is a high resolution photoshop file and then i printed it and painted on top of it so what the buyer will eventually get is this physical version of one of one that has all of these uh, physical signatures and then the nft that has the digital signatures uh, so that that's kind of really the combination it's two artworks in one and they're kind of glued together really I think you need what about, to what uh, about, take a oh, new what? picture of it to update for the website here, right? Because it doesn't have a lot of the signatures that that are on it now. It should be quite. Is this uh, recent? Yeah, I'm not sure, though. Well, it's here. I, I can point to it. And Nick Spanos and um, and CZ were the last ones to sign. And, and the, those were particularly cool. Those, those happened in Dubai a while ago. That's very cool. I, I, what about, you know, it's like, 
it's almost like you could fractional you can you can make these nfts you could make 21 of them or something and then have the main one of one the main one go with the art and then those those other pieces that could be you know generated as well because i know i'd love to have an nft of of the bad 130 uh blood on the podcast floor that's badass so it's like you could almost create more of that that one after the art is sold maybe confer with the uh the new owner of the piece whenever and then decide if you want to create additional ones because i know there'd be a lot of other people and that that's a way that could generate additional revenue for charity yeah the fractional ownership is a really cool concept that, and it would really work for this piece as well especially the nft part but i think we should just uh, at some point have like a hour-long brainstorming session just between us of what what we could truly achieve with this ultimately when the signatures are kind of done and we decide that okay this is closed now and now it's time to kind of go to go to town with it uh, but yeah. by that time i should have had a couple of pieces on sotheby's and and things like that there's a collaboration now happening with this uh, gallery here called arts galore who has a great relationship with them so I, I should get maybe some of these art cars and maybe some nfts there and once these things start to happen and we start to sell these art cars that'll pump my uh, pr the price of my art uh, up quite a bit so that should help um, and and then final kind of closing the, all the signatures and get the process of right on how to do it because uh, I mean the bar is really high it sounds insane I mean Beeple did the was it 67 or 69 million sale um, but does it matter you know, at that point I mean <laughs> 67 yeah. 69 who wants to know <laughs> yeah it's a, it's a, but, but when it comes to a single artwork I think Pac did even better I think with one drop on Nifty Gateway he did like 90 million but those were like uh edition nfts it was an open edition thing that he sold um but really it's like if you think three and a half years the biggest influencers in the whole of this space it has a great story and it's going to a great charity directly uh and it, it by the way the piece won't go anywhere before the money goes direct to the charity and the charity makes their own tweets and public statements that they have received the money and that is after we're gonna send and do the whole process of sending the whole thing so it's all the way transparent from beginning to end so people can like really feel that this is a true genuine blockchain project according to the principles of why we're doing this thing in the first place nice yeah. i love it. it's ongoing and and you mentioned um art cars you said you sent me a few videos here and they're not all the art cars they're different things but i want to talk about what you're doing now what is this that we're looking at here you're looking at dr marwan's uh personal tesla i showed him this picture of, of a tesla that i had as a concept art car from 2014 and very soon after that he gave me a call and he said that he's bought 17 cars that we're going to be making into nfts I was like, okay, and uh, Whoa, soon it. That's awesome. So you're gonna, are you gonna paint them and then like then turn them in? The, is that what's going on? You do custom paint job on these things? Well, basically the process is this: you, you in the NFT package, what you get is the car itself, and then um, there's an artwork called Compound Defiance, which was my, my first artwork on the DeFi movement. So really, the wrap only only points to the uh, one of one NFT that you get. Uh, with that is wrapped around the car. But then after that, what you're now looking at is the virtual reality version of that car that we're doing with a Finnish virtual reality company called Zoan. And they have this most exciting metaverse of 22 thus far called Cornerstone, which is photorealistic and absolutely mind-blowingly amazing. So what we're gonna do is that we're gonna build a gallery for me there. I'll probably, if we make it in time, have the first uh, ever building in, inside of that world. It looks 
gorgeous. It is the opposite of sandbox. And then we're going to build racetracks. So essentially, the, the NFT gets you the car itself, the wrap, the NFT of the artwork, the virtual reality asset that you can then transport into different platforms if you want to, and then access to race these cars in the photorealistic metaverse of Cornerstone. And those who get to race the cars, they can, all, they can soup them up, they can hire different drivers. The whole idea is that it's almost like a Formula One team uh, racing these different tracks in the metaverse. So what I think is so really cool about this, apart from that it blows like every other NFT kind of use utility concept uh, away of how many functions it has, it's also this whole thing that um, it, how would I say this? Um, I kind of lost track here, actually. Um, we're, we're talking about uh, wrapping these cars and the integration with the NFT world. Yeah, 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 sure. I'm not that retarded. It's just... Uh, I, I, <laughs> I am. I am, just for the record. That's okay. I mean, it's a beautiful... These are beautiful pieces right here. here. Really, really oh. nice. Are any of the other videos... You no, I remember. No, I remember. So, the, so the, the idea is that, you know, those who win the races, then if we get Binance or someone to have all the sponsorship things along the track and this kind of thing, then we'll have prize money. So it also... Uh, not only does it flip the idea of what a car is uh, as a liability most of the time into an investable object, but it will give you residual income as well uh, when we get through kind of given, getting the prize uh, money for those who race the cars. And the only way that you get to race the car, by the way, is that you buy the whole stack and they won't be cheap. Uh, but you can also participate by then buying NFTs that gives you the access to those races to bet on the racers. Uh, so, so there's a multitude of different things that we're doing with. Uh, it, it would probably be cool if we could show the metaverse of, of Zoan. Is that the um, next video here? Those cars kind of look like they got a stench. It's got this little smell coming off of them. This little funny like smell. No, they look badass, man. I'm telling you what. To take a car and then uh, these things are going to be what? 100 ETH? Uh, we, we don't know. The minimum bid is going to be $1 million. Oh, shit. Wow. There you go. So what are these are the other videos you sent me? Is this part of the metaverse? No, this is your exhibit. Uh, yeah, the previous is my studio. This is a 360 world's highest resolution digital uh, gallery. And you can make about 1,200 smells come from the ceiling. Everything from the smell of blood to a tropical jungle. Wow. Uh, you can, Where's you this? Can, Where is this? This is in Dubai. It's an Italian this company. Called Damn. Yeah, I can, I, the next time you guys are here, I really want you to get to here to become a part of the ecosystem of uh, of DJing and these emceeing these events and doing all of this stuff, so I can see you more. Yeah, Self to come for like a month or six weeks to come hang out in Dubai with you. Bro. Yeah, you've connected us with some people, so we'll see how uh, how that goes. I think this one here, this is the metaverse, right? Uh, this is the one, this is um, the Luxor Temple uh, VR version that we've been building for a year with uh, Superworld. So essentially, this is their flagship VR art gallery because most of the time they're doing augmented reality. So this is a new push for them. And I have this like great love for Egypt and the pyramids, and I'm, I'm mm. such a pyramid head. And we just took this temple that is in the shape of man. 
that has like this incredible wisdom uh, it, written into the building itself. And then we took it to the metaverse and, and kind of made it into my personal art gallery. So, so this is the project and it's not come out yet, but these are some of the latest things. We're just finalizing the, the last touches before we're gonna uh, launch this world. And I'm so excited about this whole thing. The, the whole team at Superworld just really worked super hard and they, they pulled it off like so amazingly. So big, big shout out to the team who was, uh, who was kind enough to build this with me with my particular kind of sometimes a little anal requests on how I want the whole place to function and look uh, with the limitations that you have in these kinds of pixel resolutions and things. Wow, these are all your artworks. Yeah, yeah, the whole thing. That's beautiful, man. What an amazing sort of a, a, a tribute and testament to the stuff that you've done so far on blockchain. Like, man, you got some of the top blockchain and AR, VR people in the world working with you and just elevating your art to that next level, man. This is that's it's is incredible. This is unbelievably beautiful. Totally, man. I mean, this this is the thing is the same as the brotherhood with you guys. When we connected, I'm like, all right, so these are friends for life. Uh, the, this is what keeps happening in blockchain, and it's never happened to me before. I tried hanging out with the hippies. I tried hanging out with the entrepreneurs, and there was always something missing. There was always there. And in blockchain, what I found is that you have people who are not only thinking about the bottom line. They want to change the world. They're usually good-hearted. They they want to innovate. They do the entrepreneurship, and they they have resources, and they're of course interested in money because money is energy, and you need that energy. But it's this whole package that comes together in crypto. Uh, that that I just feel like I fit in like a glove. I'm really glad you found your home in um, in this space. And I figured out, I think this is going to work here for those of you who are watching the video you're going to see, but I've got the uh, Reflector app set up on uh, the video and I got the Art Vivo. And you should, if I can get this working right here, I need to get this out of the way. If I point this, there we go. Yeah, it should start working. This is the uh, the living version of your uh, your piece refresh. Look at that, dude. That's badass. How it works even on on the screen there, so you don't actually have to be at the physical location to get that extra element. You can play around with that on right there on the phone. It's beautiful. Yeah, I'm turning the audio I down. So I can send you a video a little of how it's working because at least it's jarring for me here yeah that's that's zoom for you but um it looks really sweet here on your phone so we'll put a link to uh, to that in the show notes as well you guys can go download the the art vive app for free and then point it at some art and watch it come alive it's it kind of uh, reminds me remember we, you, know, you showed me that uh those um the wine the bottles uh -huh. Those wine bottles, uh, it was just like something weird. It was like a, it's like you shine your phone on the wine bottle. It's called Living it like Wine Labels. And wow. it's, um, the, it worked with The Walking Dead, uh, some Behringer wines, and The 19 Crimes. They've really leveled up to uh, The 19 mm. Crimes one. They've gone from yeah. just the face talking to when you scan over it now, it's like they act out. You know, it's like a story, like some dude got caught and then had guillotine, his head got chopped off, and they're yeah. like, What? Like, this is the ridiculous. This is like Joel, cool by the way, it's the it's the last video. It's the last video that I sent you on, on Telegram, which is the sort of Zoan trailer. Okay, let me uh pull that with the one with the horse in it. Uh yeah, 
at the one. All right, let me pull that up here. We'll get a look at this together um, so we can see this and talk about what we're looking at here. Okay, so this is the trailer for the Zoan Metaverse uh, called Cornerstone Land. Uh, I think the website is cornerstone.land. And they're selling plots of land. I think it's up to $100 million worth of land. And it's a place that you can monetize, you can build there, you can have your uh, like businesses there. And it's photorealistic. It really lo looks like this. They're using Unreal Engine 5, I think. And they've, they, they have a relationship uh, with these guys to, to the point that they've kind of maximized the, the whole visual output of this whole island. And uh, the, there's quite a lot of cool stuff that is coming there. But as you can see, if you compare it to almost any anything out there, this is so next level. Uh, in terms of its photorealistic quality of the whole place and of course for high resolution moving art then it's also the place for me and uh, you know Mika the CEO is an amazing person we've had many many meetups uh, together and kind of brainstorming in these ideas and how to do the races in this uh, on this island <clears throat> and uh, I'm super excited about it uh, you, you can see a more playable version that I sent you now Joel um, the, with, with the kind of avatar moving in world and driving a car and, on, and this kind of thing. That looked really grim, the first trailer. It's, it's really sort of like gloomy and stuff. And this is a little bit more sunshine and kind of color to it's it. The next in a very dark world. In a very I saw that movie. Time. Yeah. Don't mess with the Zoan. <laughs> I think that's pretty sure that's a different one. I don't know. <laughs> so, you know, early on in the interview, you started to to tip to controversial and i want to go full controversial because you have very strong opinions about the quote-unquote art world and the bananas taped to the wall um and what art is i want to give you a moment here just to rant like give us your your short keynote on what you think is wrong with the art world and how some in the blockchain space are falling prey to the same traps well i would say it's more than more than just going after people and pissing people off i think it's it's best to give my actual perspective on the thing and and, and it you have to start at the very beginning of art because this is this is the thing is that like I was saying, that the perception is that it's a little pretentious and you have rocks on display and all this stupid kind of explanation, uh, explanations for why a water bottle is in a gallery and this kind of whatever. Uh, but if you, if you really go back to the beginning, I think the oldest two art forms that we ever did was either cave painting or body painting. And what you did with cave painting is kind of many of the functions of what we do now. You conveyed information, you wanted to leave some sort of a legacy, you want to tell stories, uh, to kind of commune around them and have these experiences of someone having this skill and kind of leaving something about the tribe behind uh, or future education. And then we did body painting because we were kind of just like, I don't know, some people found some strange mushrooms and, and looked at the galaxy and kind of put themselves in mud and transformed the, their uh, sort of consciousness. It was something that you painted yourself for war. You, you, did, you did an internal transformation. I think and those things are the core of it. And then it sort of evolved into churches like the, the Sistine Chapel and churches uh, realized that there's a lot of power in this kind of expansion of the mind through art. And if it's saying something that is sort of hits the the psyche that we have or the archetypal sort of um, 
soul we all have, then you have something actually valuable and you can transcend yourself, you can have awe, you can have these beautiful experiences or even tell what your demons are and try and exercise them out of you. And as you do that as an artist, maybe someone else has the courage to do it also. So that's how I see the function of it. And then ultimately, uh, I think Jordan Peterson, the Canadian controversial professor, he, he has a very good take on how uh, postmodernism really took over, that you had, a, uh, you had sort of communism and then in the early 70s when Gulag Archipelago and a couple of other books came about, uh, people learned that communism really isn't the utopia that it was promised to be, that it's actually quite something. Then most people couldn't be communists anymore, but they didn't actually change their value system. So then there was a couple of uh, French philosophers uh, like Foucault uh, and, and a few others who kind of made this uh, new foundation of race and gender and um, you know uh, some some other things which is feminism and many they lumped it together but they actually have a foundation of marxism really so the, for, okay to go back even a little bit more uh, money was always tied to gold or something like this and then when in 1971 uh, Richard Nixon took out the gold standard from underneath the dollar that's also when Andy Warhol came into provenance uh, he started his literal factory to kind of make these silk screen prints and make these very sort of snarky comments about society and consumerism and uh, and kind of all, at the same time it had the cool hip scene where all the rock stars were and sort of even politicians and the, the whole party scene so Warhol was really like like in Bitcoin terms, he was the original Bitcoin, and then it forked. Uh, it forked into this sort of jet set class, uh, sexy death, Jeff Koons, Damien Hirst, these really fantastical artworks that are so impressive, but it's really that whole thing that I have my private jet and I'm flying to Miami and then I'll throw some cash around and buy cool art type of vibe. And then the other fork was the, the sort of Marxist foundation that became postmodernism, that became very cerebral, it became very sort of activist-like, and especially from the left. So, so this is the, the bracket of the last 50 years that art has really been able to be in. It's, it's either these sexy objects or then the kind of political propaganda. And what I want to do with this whole thing is, instead of saying that they can't do their own thing, and I've had my own resentments, I've had my own problems with society, and I've, uh, you know, I'm I'm not really someone who's politically. Uh, committed. I have some right-wing values, I have some left-wing values, and I'm trying to find balance as a human being altogether to try and find how these things really work. And the monetary system seemed to be at the very core of it, and it actually reflected into art in this way. But now what's the really important thing is that now we can expand out of that. We can go back to the body painting, we can go to the cave painting, we can go to the spiritual sources of art, to the actual function of it. What is it meant to do as a slice of life for us, as opposed to exist in its own bubble and what can we now do with these metaverses what can galleries do I mean the, the idea of my gallery in the in the Zoan metaverse is that it floats because gravity doesn't really matter uh, the the top of the whole thing can have water and it can rotate but the water doesn't drop because again gravity is not an issue uh, how expansive can it be if it's floating and it's not taking any space from the island itself and uh, now that I look at uh, like the majority of the metaverses, you'll have things like chairs there. Why? Your body doesn't get tired in the metaverse. It, it's like a hangover from the, the physical reality. So now if you take the past, you expand into the past and you expand into the future, what is the gamification of art? What is the tokenization? What is the utility? What are, uh, so 
I would say what is most missing from art at the moment is the actual language of art because people haven't really been doing substantial language inside of art. So even in the NFT space, in the, in the fine art realm of it, most people are really just looking for, so what kind of utility does this have? What it, because most people don't read the art itself and that's been a little frustrating for me. That's why I built the, uh, the NFT uh, art car thing with Dr. Marwan because you essentially you have it all. You have the substance storytelling art of Bitcoin and the, the whole crypto space. You have a physical object that is valuable. You have these new things like the cars and the races and the, all of these different things that you can stack value on top of each other. And one of the cool things that I thought of as well is that we could do incentivization in a way that to this whole bundle, eventually some DeFi coins could be attached. And it's, if you sell the whole bundle away uh, and you sell it before, let's say, five years, then you also have to let go of the coins. That you don't even get possession of those coins unless if you become a hodler of those assets. So th this is what, what it's really about for me. It's like, a, uh, because always when you're clashing with people and their ideologies and their internal map or whatever it is, you just end up pissing off everyone. So I'm trying to find honestly as much common ground with people as they are to see that the world is so much larger than... Uh, we're currently experiencing it. And here's another really cool thing about the metaverse. I mean, with regards to this uh, sort of race and gender and all this kind of stuff, and I, I see some validity to it. I, I, it. It's like there's points that have been made that are actually great, but what's even better is to have some sort of a solution, which in this particular case is that you have uh, people in the metaverse that have boom boxes for heads. They have uh, rockets behind them and they have green shoot uh, legs or bodies and they're aliens or whatever they are. So the actual constraints of what we can't really change here in the world, I'm, I'm a straight white guy, so I might as well be uh, a demon to the majority of the art world just because of how I look instead of what my actual values are and what I'm trying to do in this way. So I find myself in a conundrum with it as well. But now in the metaverse, all of a sudden you can have a, let's say an old white MIT professor or someone and you can have a, a poor kid from India that just has access to this world for some reason and if they resonate they can start to communicate like and it's not restrained to your physical appearance and things like that uh, and one last point what I what I think is one, one of the most controversial things and I have a take on it that I'm, that might be useful is that when we had uh, the beginning of computers by the way, I realize that I've probably gone over, over my rant time here, but this is the last point I promise is that when we first got computers, the first IBMs, they, they looked like these uh, ship containers or something like that. And I think the, the head of IBM said that there's only going to ever be five computers. Now, if we're watching the first sort of uh, motions of transgenderism and, and this kind of like how we're going to augment our bodies and doing whatever, it looks a little clunky to us. But if you really think that we're, we're going into the direction where, the, where Elon Musk is sort of microchipping us, uh, but potentially to kind of go into these metaverses, you're going to be able to augment your body and all of these different parts and change your also your physical reality. I think the first clunkiness of these clashes of what we're having with this trans thing as well is just the beginning of it so that it can evolve into something that might even become quite beautiful in a way that we don't yet see. Uh, and it might become much more fluid in a way that it doesn't clash with everyone's values so much. But that's just my take uh, and maybe a little bit of a peace offering after I, I kind of said all that thing, uh, thing about postmodernism that I did. Very nice. I think, I think uh, um, after hearing your rants and knowing 
your background and your political stance, it seems like you're not you're not just a uh, an artist, my dude. It's like you're a cultural anthropologist. You're a metaphysical digital artist visionary kind of dude. Same, same, brother. What's what's um, we need like um, wait, what did you just call him, Trev? Say again. He's a cultural anthropologist, metaphysical digital artist and visionary. There's there's like um, a C A M D I V. Is that what that would be? He, like he's that? a camdav. A camdav. You're the world's first camdav, Veza. <laughs> Coined here uh, by you, you amazing people. You could put that on your uh, your credentials. Um, I want to encourage everybody to go check out Veza's site at artforcrypto.com. In fact, I'm going to go ahead and pull it up here for the visuals. Crypto or an NFT since 2017, and we've been broadcasting since 2017. We're just kind of, you know, in parallel here. And uh, what's really impressive to me is the list of people who are collecting your artwork. You got Charles Hoskinson, Charlie Lee, Dr. Marwan, Saeed al Darmaki, the founder of Shisha, Tone Vase, you know, there's there's people that are like they get it. Right? They totally understand what it is you're creating and building. And um, we're just, you know, pleased to call you an OG of the space. You are a visionary and a pioneer and a super nice guy, too. Listen, it means the world to me that we're we're friends. I mean, I, I remember the first episode that we we've recorded together. I was super nervous coming on. I, I couldn't believe that among my favorite podcast uh, like voices, all of a sudden, I wasn't just listening to them. I was I was hearing you guys talk to me. Uh, I, I, I was I was nervous and I was new to this whole public speaking thing and whatever. And you guys gave me a platform to come on and do this collaboration. And worst, it really like it means the world to me. Uh, so. Mutual admiration club is what I'm saying. Uh, I get nervous every time I talk to Travis. Not for the same reasons. He just makes me uneasy. You know what fuck Travis gonna say? You're gonna drop a bomb. <laughs> you know, you get happy Travis or grumpy Travis. Happy Travis is nine eight ninety percent of the time. Yeah. But then there's like there's like nine percent grumpy. Grumpy Travis. ass Travis is like not one percent sweet Travis. Yeah, he's. Uh, I want to. I want you to show off your friend here that you have off to the side for our oh. viewers. Yeah. Who's this is this? Uh, from John Packer. <laughs> he's, a, he's an alpaca that I picked up from Bulgaria from my travels there and we we sort of realized that he has a bit of a cocaine problem he's a bit of a party animal he lives at night uh, he, he really just he's trying to find spirituality he's trying to find peace and we just had to adopt him so that we can sort of help him on his journey to to recovery and, and, and sort of integration into the world a little bit better. Uh, he relapses sometimes. He's a, he's a bit of a tough cookie that way, but we have faith in him. Uh, so he's, he's, uh, he's with us. He looks well, that, that is really cute. Actually, I learned recently that uh, um, uh, John Alpaca Lennon and Alpaca Elton John over there wrote Whatever Gets You Through the Night and uh, together. And that's that was the number one song. That was Alpaca John's first number one song after the after the Albeals. Mm. He's a and complicated he's still standing. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. <clears throat> Very nice. Veza, thanks, dude, for coming on. Uh, and I guess in four years, we'll do it again. <laughs> Privilege. As you can plainly see, this episode here has visual aids. <laughs> Wait, we just gave everybody AIDS. No, it's visual AIDS. You know, that's, we're using images and videos, and it's you know, it's visual AIDS. That's not funny. Um, You're canceled. 
I'm canceled. Oh no. Well, go get another jab and get yourself some AIDS. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe um, I should have the comedy background behind me. Yeah. But I'm boom. Speaking of canceled, I have to, I'm grabbing a couple new reviews that came in right now to put into the show notes. Uh Oh, so, was it after the conspiracy theory one with the uh, Joshua Scala? Yeah. Yeah. I think it just, you know, just as we predicted, um, mm-hmm. you know, if you start telling people to, uh, re, then almost on command, they do exactly that. But before we get to those, told you guys we wanted to announce a new podcast. Uh, as you are aware, the producer of this show, um, Aaron Sell, is uh, an NFT enthusiast as well. And having gone down the rabbit hole with a friend of hers here in Puerto Rico, Jen uh, FT, the two of them have started a new podcast designed to focus on women in NFTs. It's called The Nifty Chicks, hosted by Jen FT and Mint E Cell. E cell for Aaron cell mint in mint is her favorite color. So there you go. They've got their new YouTube channel, new podcast. You can follow them at the nifty chicks on the YouTube's Twitters and Instagrams they are going to be releasing episodes weekly featuring NFT projects created by women, led by women, featuring women and appealing to women. Check it out. Subscribe, go to the nifty to check it out. And as she's editing the show, she might replay this portion several times. This is very gender biased. I am very offended at how it only caters to women. (laughs) No, you're not. You know, I was joking about, I was talking, so like uh, in Eastern Europe, so International Women's Day is March 8th, right? It's very big over there. But then there's also Valentine's Day on the 14th of February. So it's like 14th of February, then March 8th, three weeks later, is like another Valentine's Day to them. So if you date an Eastern European woman, it is extra expensive. I was saying, what? Women's International Women's Day is March 8th? And I go, well, that's funny because International Men's Days is March 9th through March 7th. March 9th through 7th? <laughs> yeah, like all, the whole year around. Oh, God. <laughs> yeah. 364 days a year. Whee! I think that you should read this listener feedback from Wes because he's Wes. an Aussie. Go ahead. Right. Give it to us. Good day, fellas. Aussie Wes here in West Australia. Once a free and wonderful place. Now full of clowns run by a communist clown who has locked everyone down and locked us in. McClown, as he is referred to by those in the know, has created a dystopian paradise full of complacent non-thinkers. Riding in as your last pod with Erica, you suggested it's only ever the wingers who email. Wingers. So win- they whinge. The whiners. Oh, the whiners. Probably. No, whingers. That's the whingers? word. Yeah. People whinge. Yeah. Okay. Oh, the whingers who email. So I hear you call and I'm responding with two thumbs up. You guys are in my wait for release top podcast list and on the extra thumb up for all the occasional inappropriate comments. Uh, I've now got Puerto Rico on my research list of places to escape to. Keep up the great work. Much appreciated. West, you. Whatever, whatever that is. Uh, so he has three thumbs. Three. That's yeah. He's like a mutant Aussie guy. Thanks, Wes. We appreciate that. And, and on cue, uh, exactly as predicted, we have a three-star review from Rip Head. 
Uh, and Ooh, he wrote lots of dumb jokes. I appreciate the info in the show, but often intelligent thoughts from guests are stepped on with the equivalent of a fart joke. Uh, actually, often a fart joke. I mean, right. many times it's precisely a fart joke or a corn joke. These guys are a lot less funny than they believe themselves to be. Uh, well, I, bu- I'm a be- I believe I'm about this funny. This is in this is how I'm about this funny, actually. So I'm exactly as funny as I believe myself to be, yeah. which is to say not too funny. Well, I believe I'm I, I believe I'm this funny, but yeah. I'm actually this funny. <laughs> so, so you're you're funny. You're funnier than you believe. I'm way funnier than I believe. And I'm way more <laughs> humble than I should be. Uh, and Neeks wrote. Two stars, more crypto, less nonsense. I think they know something about crypto, but it's tough to ascertain between all their political rants. Their takes will certainly resonate with many people, but there are many better podcasts if you're looking for information and education around crypto. Perhaps the title of the podcast is Truth in Advertising. You think so, knucklehead? <laughs> well, if you think if you think that politics and crypto are separated then you don't really fully understand crypto. You don't no. fully understand the way the world is working and yeah, the way that, things are going. We got into crypto because really the political atmosphere, how it was changing and how the cancel culture and all this other shit's going on. And really crypto is our only potential savior to get us away from a authoritarian dystopia panopticon kind of thing. So thanks for fun. your, thanks for, you don't, you're not going to hear this because you don't tune in anymore, but that's great. Don't let the door hit you where the good Lord split you. No, no, he, he's still listening. He can't avoid it. He is attracted to the sound of our voices, like the moth to the flame. Well, maybe we know something about crypto. Go into five years. We learned something along the way. Yeah. I mean, we're only advising some of the, the biggest projects out there and they have congratulated us and thanked us for the valuable well, that's only because they don't about. listen to our podcast and our political rants <laughs> we're horrible awful people they, they think outside the box they just they just go on our 50 years of combined marketing experience and online success to bring mm-hmm. us on see people a lot of people don't realize that this ain't our first rodeo gang i mean we're not millennials. actually it is i never i've i've, been, I've i mean I've, I've only had one rodeo well so that means it's not the first one well, you know what? I did grow up in a, in a small country town where they had a rodeo every year. So I'm used to rodeos. I've I been suppose. to Rodeo Drive. Does that count? <laughs> I've also been. I've, I've I have never shopping. actually. You know what? I was I was talking to this. I've never actually ridden the horse. Never? Never. Not one time. Wow. So I got I, I was scared as a, a child riding them because I almost got thrown one time. And as an adult, I've ridden them many times. And um, full disclosure, I still get nervous. Like they're, they're, they're wonderful beasts. Uh, I just think but, they're beautiful. I was like, that's nice. And I was like, yeah, I weigh a little bit. I don't want to be getting up on your horse. That's not nice to you. So just have a nice day. And so, uh, I do think the horses are so beautiful and majestic. There's a lot. I, matter of fact, uh, yesterday at lunch um, or for lunch, I got myself some pinchos and went down to the beach, got a couple stools, drove my Jeep out and uh, parked it, went out there, had a nice meal. And uh, came out and there was a big ass horse. So there is a lot of like stray just, you know, out in the wild horses here. And uh, it's because the conquistadors brought all these horses to Puerto Rico and also to Vieques. There's about, I think they said 2,500, 3,000 wild horses in Vieques. And uh, so this horse looked at me and went, and then it ran over and then it brought its baby out. 
And then uh-huh. so then they were both looking at me. I was like, "What's up, little baby?" And then I had this amazing candy bar called um, uh, Munchy, a muncher, munches, munch. It's a munch bar, I think. Was but it's it like bunch of munch? almonds and and it's like baked honey on them. Uh-huh. So they're like super good. So I like broke off a chunk of the munch and gave it to the horses, and uh, they seemed happy and they didn't hit me or kick me. And um, I said, "Well, have a nice day, horses." And I drove off, and then they waved. <laughs> raise their hoof bye. Yeah. bye bye Travi. we'll bye. see you later buddy Thanks well for we the could munch. call on a couple of you who are enjoying the show i think it's time to counter the silly reviews with some five-star silly reviews so go hop over to itunes or wherever it is you write reviews take a minute to drop us a couple lines let us know let us know that you still love us because they're critiquing us and it hurts our fifi some of these guys are really mean (laughs) and they have really small penises and can't take jokes very well (laughs) these people really really tiny micro penises and they just really don't like humor like politics they don't they hate they hate living in their mom's basement <laughs> they hate crypto going down <laughs> they're just not happy especially about their super small tiny 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 micro penises we told you guys that we would mock you so i mean you know you asked for it it's like you self-identify say go ahead make fun All of right, us. micro penis ones <laughs> thanks for tuning in got a great if you leave a three-star review or less it's just because you have a micro penis i can't help it Uh, There is a gentleman that I met at um, Bitcoin Miami last month. Speaking of micro penises, (laughs) this guy. (laughs) That is not true. I actually don't know because we did not ask (laughs) that question. Uh, he is uh, he's a Wall Street mathematician and he has been in the blockchain space, but he also is an investor in space type ventures deep space ventures this is an absolutely fascinating conversation it's coming up on the sunday show so don't you dare miss it there will be jokes in there the equivalent Mm -hmm. of fart jokes and maybe an actual fart that's true and and there will be an announcement in that one of a project that i've been working on uh, mostly sort of stealth and we'll reveal that that's the corn nfts one is that the (laughs) what was it baboon butts Corn FTs. <laughs> corn FTs? Not corn FTs. Baboon butts. There's all kinds of crazy NFT ideas we got coming your way. We'll catch you guys on the next episode. Until then, um, fart jokes? What else are we going to do? Stay angry. And bad. Grr. Bad Crypto Podcast is a production of Bad Crypto LLC. The content of the show, the videos, and the website is provided for educational, informational, and entertainment purposes only. It's not intended to be and does not constitute financial, investment, or trading advice of any kind. You shouldn't make any decisions as to finances, investing, trading, or anything else based on this information without undertaking independent due diligence and consultation with a professional financial advisor. Please understand that the trading of bitcoins and and alternative cryptocurrencies have potential risks involved. Anyone wishing to invest in any of the currencies or tokens mentioned on this podcast should first seek their own independent professional financial advisor.